My name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Embers to Excellence. My goal is to explore the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. In addition to leadership, I like to discuss mental health, PTSD, and overcoming adversity. If you have a favorite episode, I would love to hear about it. Message me through social media or my website, and I will share some free tools to help you achieve your goals. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review. If you haven't purchased your copy of my book, Fireproof, please grab a copy today. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Kevin Keppel. Kevin hosts the Unlock Your Freedom podcast, which is ranked in the top 5% of all podcasts globally. He is a Gallup certified strengths coach who has helped thousands of professionals look inside themselves to find clarity, discover what they love, and live a life of freedom. Through weekly episodes, Kevin provides step-by-step training, coaching, and accountability to leaders who want to take their life and business to the next level. I've been a guest on his show, which led to a post-interview conversation that then led to me signing up to be a part of his mastermind group. He doesn't just talk the talk. Kevin walks the walk that so many of us want to. I've been fortunate to meet people from all over the world that are doing some amazing things. Kevin is one of those people, and he has impacted me in some incredible ways. I'm so grateful to have him on the show to to share with all of us. So, Kevin, thank you so much for, for agreeing to come on and have this conversation with me. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure, Dave. Like, what a cool intro. Thanks for uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Well, um, I always like to start off with, you know, getting some background on the guests to try and uh, set the stage for uh, what has developed your passions. So, um, you know, where were you born and raised and and who were some of your early influences? Yeah, man, what a great question. You know, I, I was actually born in Dallas and I live I think two miles from the hospital I was born in. Um, I've, I've made it a little farther out, but I've returned because uh, man, Dallas is home. My fan, my friends and my family are here and uh, it's really great. And it's super central so I can get everywhere quick because I love to travel. And uh, I spent most of my life here, a little stint in Chicago. But, uh, you know, Dallas is great, man. Dallas, full, Texas, full of beautiful people, just like everywhere else in the U.S. And, you know, I um pretty... Uh, storied past just like everybody else right like it wasn't like a smooth journey by any means but you know I grew up and went to college had no idea what I wanted to do it's like I'll sign up for business classes because I've heard of business and I went to college <laughs> <laughs> I went to college and took my sweet time and uh you know went went long enough to be an attorney but I'm not an attorney and uh <laughs> or a doctor and uh you know I got out I still didn't know what I wanted to do and I worked in um hospitality industry for a few years. I really enjoyed that. Um, but that worked until it didn't. So I switched over to different professional sales type roles. And, you know, one of the challenges I kept bumping up against in the roles was I just wasn't fulfilled. And, you know, like no matter how much winning or not winning I was doing, there's just something was missing. And I, I knew I wanted more. I just had no idea how to get to more and, or what it even looked like. And, Fortunately, I, I had the wherewithal or somebody dead who pointed me in the right direction to hire a coach and, you know, a business coach. And, um, gosh, I worked with some really great ones. And I remember I had one, uh, one a guy named Robert. He was awesome. He was in secret service for about 30 years almost. And Robert had a way of looking right through you when you weren't being uh, as straightforward as you could, so to speak. And not that I was lying to him or anything, but I didn't even know what my truth really was. And I was just like, you know, are you like, what do you like about your job? And I was like, I love all these things. And he's like, dude, I don't even think you like it, man. It's like, you're not even, <laughs> you know, like your tone, your body language. And long story short, he's like, man, I just think you'd be so much happier. Like, it sounds like you, cause I was director of sales at the time. And I love coaching and mentoring and helping people just be more, be more of like whatever it is that makes them, you know, special and unique and using that to help them go get everything they want and serve people at really high levels. And you know, that sounds so simple now that I say it, but I had no idea that's what I wanted then. And, uh, yeah, he really got me to let go of, you know, needing to have things be a certain way for me to be okay. And really just going out and creating my own path forward. And 
I'm really, really grateful for the, for, you know, him and his influence and all the other great coaches and leaders I've had. And so, uh, long story short, uh, you know, that's kind of how I got to what I do today. Yeah. And, and quite a few of our conversations, you know, you, you talk about, you know, your relationship with your mom and your dad and your brother and, uh, you know, the influence that they've had on you. And, um, one thing that's pretty cool, I, I, you know, I have uh, two stepbrothers. I've got a couple of younger brothers. One, one of them passed away in 2010. And I and I think about um, the relationships that I've had with them throughout the years and how they've evolved. And, and when I hear you talk about your brother, it's, you know, it's very much like I think the the stereotypical brother relationship, you know, where and you're you're younger, right? You're the younger yeah, of the two. Definitely yeah. the younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's such a great point. And I totally missed those people. My mom, my brother, my dad, my stepdad, like they're all phenomenal influences uh in my life. And they still are. I actually saw my dad passed away about 15 years ago. Um, but my mom, my stepdad, my brother, I was with at dinner with them and uh, one of my nieces last night and I was just like, man, they're such good people. And it's really cool that, you know, like that, that's the people I got to be around and, you know, like what, what a gift, you know, to have people that I still look up to, to get, to just go to on a regular basis, you know, and I learned so many different things the same way, but different from each of them. Like kindness is as a value they all share, but the dedication to just being a good person for other people. It's probably one of the coolest things that they all do really intentionally and in some of the similar ways and some of the different ways. And um, I think they all have a lot of grace too. Like they're very, you know, forgiving, especially with me. Like um, I like to do things the hard way multiple times before I go the easy way in some cases. And you know, there, there's no judgment there. And it's just really um, cool to have a safe place like that with people that you look up to. And, you know, my older brother, like, you know, you've heard me tell stories of him and it's like, I've always like fascinated, like, how are you born so put together? Like he had it all figured out. Like, um, you know, we're two and a half years apart, but I felt like we were like generations apart. Like he just like, just has always been like very wise and mature and like just good at things. And like, I'm just like, man, you skipped childhood and we're just like a full formed <laughs> adult. And, you know, like, that's amazing, but pretty far removed from me. I was a much more um, cram the square peg to the round hole and get it stuck for a while before I, uh, you know, moved easily down the road, so to speak. You know, one thing that is, uh, is something that I like to ask questions about when, when I know somebody uh, was involved with team sports when they were growing up um, and they have what seems like a natural ability to lead, but those qualities that you now, those leadership qualities that you now embody, they were most certainly developed through your time uh, playing team sports, through being mentored by your brother, your father, and you know the different coaches that you've had. Um, I, I just I'm wondering if you can relate some of your baseball experiences to how you still operate today. Sure. Um, I can serve as a warning sign for many people with my stories. Um, I think one of the best stories from when I was, uh, you know, a little Kevin, uh, my friends and I still laugh about this and like, gosh, I can't remember how old I was. I must've been in like third or fourth grade, however old you are at that time. But I still remember I was like in my living room. I laid on my stomach playing Nintendo with the AB controller, the old school 80s, right? And I played ice hockey. It was just called ice hockey back then. Like they didn't have a name for it, you know? And my mom was like, who are y'all playing tonight? And we had this, we played for the Pirates. We were so good. And we played this team. I lived in a small town at that time. And there was a small town next to us. Um, and that small town only had one team for the whole town. And that one team would just get beat down by everybody in our league. And my mom was like, who are you playing? And you know, I said that town's name. And she's like, do you think y'all will win? And I was like, I just told you who we're playing. Like, everybody kills them. And I remember my mom, she's like, well, don't be so sure, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and uh as you may have guessed we got smoked like like they didn't have run rules back then you know now it's like after 10 mercy rule or whatever i, I think they beat us by like 20 to 1 or something something crazy like i've never taken a beat down in my short life like that and, and um you know it's it's so now like whenever maybe uh getting a little too prideful or something like that i'll kind of say the name of that little town to myself or me and my buddies will do that to each other when somebody's getting a little proud of themselves you know like oh i got this and we're like hey you know pr to protect the name of those not here i'm not going to say the name of the town but yeah we'll say that name and uh it's pretty humbling because you know what like you got to play the game right like you know david beat goliath right nobody bet on david and uh, no, nobody bet on this small team. And like the humility from that was really awesome. And I think about, you know, I think it's really important also to look back where I could have showed up differently and more powerfully as a young man, because I just didn't know better. And I'm not looking back to judge myself or to judge other people. Like we were doing the best we could, but to really, you know, look at situations where yeah, I want to really recognize what I want to improve so I can lean more into it. And I think grace is so important. And it's like where people were kind to me as opposed to being right where I was probably completely off base where I was coming from. And because I had a way higher opinion of my skills than other people probably did or than reality maybe had, I don't know, a lot of ego as a young, young Kevin. And uh, a lot of people were really gentle with me and I'm just really grateful that people did that for me. And uh, hopefully I can, you know, pay that forward now with a little more awareness around it. So that's definitely one of the big lessons is humility and grace. Another story that you've shared with with the mastermind group is, uh, and you know, and you made it, you gave us an awareness of your your prep for climbing Mount Rainier the second time, and so the first time that you went, you do you feel like you had a little bit of overconfidence that you you know you were gonna you know summit and it was going to be no big deal and then you went into it with a little more humility the second time I yeah absolutely yeah it was uh because well, we don't have a lot of peaks to summit in Texas so I had very little experience but you know I got out there a lot and I mean I, I worked out and I followed a training plan but I followed it like the way I wanted to as opposed to the way that you know, the creator of the training plan wanted me to, and the creator of the training plan was a mountaineering expert. And I have, you know, pretend like I know nothing and you're pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was super humbling because like, I'm not used to struggling and like physical endeavors. Like usually, you know, like, especially with preparation, you know, I can show up pretty close to what I want at least. doesn't mean I'm, you know, winning the race necessarily, but at least not, questioning if my heart's going to explode or whatever and <laughs> I was super humbling and I really don't like feeling like I didn't do my part because you know that I was part of a team and uh just I mean it wasn't a total disaster and there was bad weather luckily you know luckily because we had to stop <laughs> but I mean it, it, I think it was going to get really bad the wheels were definitely getting shaky and it was awesome though, because you know what, like I really work on not having expectations, you know, it's more like a preference. I prefer it worked out differently, but it's not the end of the world. Right. And you know, that allowed me not to judge myself. And I just really got intentional and like, I'm not going through this again. It's not going to be like this. I'm coming back. Cause I don't like leaving things undone. I'm coming back, but I'm going to enjoy it. And the only way I enjoy it is if I show up in like phenomenal shape and you know, whatever my version of phenomenal is. And, uh, it was so much better the second time and it was so much more fun and it was so much safer too, because like you can get really hurt up there, especially if you know, you're struggling. Um, so yeah, I think just not judging myself and not, you know, need myself to be a certain way to be okay. was like what really helped me to be able to move you know forward towards what I did want. Cause we make this judgment like, Oh, you know, I sucked. I wasn't prepared or whatever. Like, yeah, that was, that was true. I could have been more prepared, but you know what? Like I needed to let it go and just like make a new decision. The new decision was, you know what? I can, I can do better. And like, that's always the goal, right? It's like, don't feel bad. Just do better. Cause I sit around feeling sorry for myself. Like who is that serving? So yeah, that's a great question. And, and you, you did this with your brother. 
Yeah. Yeah. And how did he show up? Yeah. And he was, he's awesome, man. Like he's, I don't know if he's ever complained about much. He's just like one of those guys, like he was in South Africa. Like he went to a silent auction for his work and he bought this trip to South Africa and his wife's like, yeah, you can go without me. And so he went with one of his buddies and he was telling me the story. This is just to give out color and context on what kind of person my brother is. And they were like, yeah, we're going to go to this other part of the park. That's like, you know, we can drive around in the truck. It'll take a few hours or we can walk 20 miles over this mountain. You know, we can drive or we can walk 20 miles through the heat, through the climate. Mountain. He's like, Oh, I just started walking. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that sounds like him. Right. Like he enjoys the hard. Right. And he, uh, he worked really hard and he got himself ready and he did great. Um, so I was really grateful to have him with me. He's a lot better at doing stuff with his hands than I am. Like I'm not great at putting tents together and doing all that sort of thing. So I was really thankful. And like, and there's just so many little things. It was just nice to have somebody that I knew without a doubt I could count on, you know, no matter what. And he and I were on the rope team together and with our one guide and, you know, we had more people with us, but there's only three of us on a rope team. And like, it was super comforting to know that, you know, this is the guy who's going to probably take care of me before he takes care of himself. You know, there's like no question there. And it's the same way going the other way. Like if he goes down, you know, I go down and like no big deal. And we made it up, we made it down. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful. We got to share that experience together and talking to my niece last night, she just turned 11 and I was like, Hey, everybody calls her pocket. Cause she looks like a pocket sized version of him. Um, like just like him in the face. Like, uh, but he calls her uh, a little Kevin Keppel because he's like, dude, she's just like you. I was like, oh, you're welcome, man. How lucky are you? <laughs> and uh, I was like, do you want to go climb Mount Rainier with us sometime? Because she's always like, I want to do everything, right? She's awesome. And she's like, yeah, my dad said he wasn't going again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but if you do, he does. And uh, he'd already told me he would do it if she wanted to. He goes, other than that, he's like, don't ask. Um, he's like, we made it and I'm good. Um, but we, it was a really nice time, man. It was really special to get to do that with him. So super cool. Awesome. Yeah. One of the things that, um, I wanted to touch on in our conversation, uh, is, well, one of the things that we have been working on in the mastermind, um, just to share it with the group. And I'm sure that if they listen to your podcast, they'd, uh, be able to hear a lot more about it, but, you know, can, can you talk about flow, what that is and how uh, you implement certain tactics to improve the flow in your life? Yeah. And, you know, like there's a lot of different ways people talk about flow and when it comes to flow in our group, what, you know, Dave's referring to and what, you know, I'm referring to is, it's more about like, wh where are we creating peak experiences in our life? You know, where those limitations fall away and we get just really phenomenal performance or maybe just really profound insights into life and just quantum leap down the road towards whatever our version of impossible or amazing is. And I think, you know, one of the big pieces of flow or the pathway to flow and like, you know, you want to see more information that's said really well on this. Anything Stephen Kotler does is super powerful around flow. But, uh, you know, he talks about that full intrinsic motivational stack, and that's the components of drive. And it's like curiosity, passion, purpose, autonomy, and mastery. And Daniel Pink actually talked about this too in his book, Drive, and he's got a TED talk on this. It's pretty good. But I think it's so, like, simple, but that it often gets ignored that, you know, the step to everything we want, the first step is always curiosity. You know, it's a question. It's like, what if? Or, you know, what does better look like? Or, you know, what can I create? And it's so powerful, though, because when I get curious, like I instantly get access to more parts of me because we're biologically designed to be curious. And so we start getting this chemical cascade of goodness, right? We definitely get more dopamine and that gives us more focus and just a better mood overall. And there's, you know, like five or six other chemicals that generally show up if we're headed all the way to flow. But, you know, like think about anything that you've ever, you know, gotten really driven to do that's exactly how you did it. You got curious and, you know, an easy one's always like a, a romantic relationship, you know, whether it's your wife or girlfriend, fiance, boyfriend, husband, whatever. At some point you were curious, like maybe what's it going to take to get this person to go away? But, you know, they kept showing up and then, you know, the curiosity turned into passion. It's like, Hey, I, you know, I, I really like this person. You know, I think I might love them. And 
then the purpose emerges, right? This purpose of like, we could build a family or a life or a future or whatever. And as long as there's autonomy, which is freedom, right? Because if you restrict my freedom, then there's no autonomy and then that's control and people try to you know get away from that. But you have curiosity, passion, purpose, and autonomy stacked like that. And then mastery, that fifth piece, no, you got to get better relationships. So they're not going to last. But when you think about it and you have all those things stacked, you're incredibly driven to continue to go to new levels. And like, that's how you find flow and like flow. There's so many different forms of flow. There's macro and micro, you know, big and small and everything in between. And, you know, we get into flow in sports a lot, of course, but you can get into flow just chilling and watching a sunset. It's just having that super heightened awareness and, and you feel so phenomenally good in flow. And, you know, all the, the studies show that the, ha the happiest people on earth are the ones who have the most flow in their lives. And, you know, it's not like uh, sit around in a circle and hold hands, sing Kumbaya. I mean, if that's your thing, nice. Well, knock yourself out. Right. But like, who doesn't want to be happy? Because when we're happy, we just create at way higher levels. And that's the whole point is to, to grow as much as we can so we can give more. And that's what flow does for you. It, you know, it gives you these really heightened states of performance and just a feeling of well-being. And that's where you get all this access to like just happiness and aliveness. And like, I love the fact that I'm alive, right? That's my humanity that I'm celebrating and, you know, celebrating that with other people. And, you know, we can find flow together. Or we can find flow as a group. And it's just such a powerful thing. But if I don't, you know, understand it, I may hit it sometimes, right? But I'm not going to hit it consistently unless I'm aware of what it is. And so it's not like we've got to like decode where the wormholes are in the universe to figure out how to get there. You know, there's pretty specific things we can do to get there. And that's the flow triggers. And, you know, that full intrinsic stack I just mentioned, those are all flow triggers. And like right now, Dave, you're a phenomenal listener, man. Close listening. That's a flow trigger, you know, puts us into flow being together and equal participation. Like I talk then I stop, right? I hit the ball back over the net and you run with it. And then you hit the ball back and that's flow. And I'm sure you've been in conversations where that's not the case. You hit the ball over the net and they catch it like a football and run off with it. Like, hey. <laughs> but, you know, like so many different wonderful ways that we can just create that flow in our lives because at all moments, it's either acceptance or resistance. Those are our two choices. And resistance builds tension. And, you know, that fills up your cup with things you don't want, like stress and anger. And then you bump against somebody or something and you spill all over them and bad things follow. I'm interested in, in learning what led you to really dig in to, to studying flow, to really making it such a big part of who you are and what you teach. Yeah, that's a really great question. I've thought about that a lot. I mean, why am I so fascinated with just really heightened levels of performance? And, you know, one of the best ways I found to get answers into the inner workings of me or other people is with strength finders. And, you know, we talk about that all the time in our group. And I've been certified by Gallup for years with that. And I've worked with thousands of people with this tool and, and my number one strengths maximizer. And it's like fascinated with, you know, just excellence and elite levels of performance. And like, I love to read biographies, right? Like, how do they do it? And like, one of the, you know, common things I've seen in myself and other people is like with those states where we get at peak experiences where things are just like happening so effortlessly. And it's like, this is the way it's supposed to be. When you feel like that, like, it feels like you're literally unlimited because you are, you're like tapped into that infinite ultimate part of you, the level 10 part of you, you know, like that's some cool stuff. And, you know, quite frankly, like I love to go further faster and flows like the doorway to that and anything I can find that helps me be better, faster, smarter, or helps, you know, the people around me really step into the gifts that, you know, God bless them with, like I'm all about. And I think flow is absolutely the best pathway to not just get elite performance, but just to get the most, you know, again, happiness and aliveness you can possibly find. And it's like statistically proven. And if there's a specific, you know, set of things that I can do or not do to make that conducive. Like it's like a no brainer. Like why, why wouldn't I want to learn more about that? And, you know, like really just being intentional about staying present because I don't have all the answers by any means, but you know what, I'm open to learning more every day. And I think just continually, you know, like, okay, based on what I know today, like, what do I see in this? And, you know, that's why I like, you know, going back and reading the same thing again, it's never a waste of time because I'm a new version of me, right? 
And like, I love doing that. And flow is just such a fascinating thing to study because it makes you better, like kind of across the board in your impact in your life and just really cool way to uh, move towards your goals. I, I just recommended. So the book that you recommended to the group, um, the art of impossible by Stephen Kotler, I just recommended it to a buddy of mine uh, who's a, he's a major in the air force and just, He's an amazing human being. He was one of the people that helped me develop the leadership program that I, I built for the uh, the fire department I retired from. Um, he's always like trying to raise the bar for himself and his team, and uh, and it was just like really cool to have this conversation with him the other day, um, where I shared the book and I was telling him all about it, and it was like almost like I got into this state of flow of sharing with him. And, uh, and I, and I sold it like I should get a commission, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, I I'm, I'm wondering if you can think of a time in your life where either you were coaching somebody to, you know, achieve this high state of flow, or if you were, um, you know, intentionally implementing these principles to get yourself in this state of flow. And can, can you, can you describe that experience and maybe what the driving force was for you? Yeah. So, man, I think one of the ways that I'm always looking for flow and this may not be super sexy or exciting but is whenever i'm reading like i love to read because i feel like books are the cheat codes to the universe right like i get somebody's genius distilled down to a couple hundred pages and like there's so many books though that i want to read like and you know, so little time so to speak and so that's one of the ways to be in the flow and reading is with speed reading and it's a trainable skill like it's not either something you have or don't it's something you've learned how to do or not do and I think that flow is conducive to flow. And what I mean by that is so before I'll, you know, get on the phone one-on-one -on -one with somebody or on a zoom or whatever, before I you know, jump into the mastermind group, whether it's, you know, doing a little bit of speed reading just to like get the flowy feeling going. Like, cause if I'm already there, it's much easier for me to stay there. So when I drop into a call or drop into the group, if you know, I'm already like, feel like I'm kind of, in that place, it's so much easier for me just to be super present and right there. And, you know, like every day I practice stillness and, you know, I wake up and just get really still, whether I'm meditating, doing breathing exercises or writing or whatever. But I think the more familiar it is to me and the more different ways I can find it, the easier it is to find. And so I'm just really intentional. Like, you know, we generally get what we're looking for. And so if I'm focused on it, that you know, intentionally what I focused on, I'm naturally going to create more of. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, but I'm always kind of looking for it was the short answer of what I just said. One thing that has occurred to me, and I, I don't know if you've found the same thing, um, but I feel like it's so much easier to get in that state if the the driving force is adding value to somebody else yeah i think that's one of the requirements it has to have inherent value you have to have something you want to you know be in flow and there has to have an inherent value and so with reading like that's one of the ways i get really motivated to read because i know when i read i become a better version of me and i'm able to help people at a higher level like and so how am i connecting to purpose to what i do and as well, like you've heard me say these two questions so many times, like, what do you want? And why do you want it? Like those two questions, like if you don't get anything else out of today, just ask yourself that, what do I want and why? Because what do you want? That's your, what are you passionate about creating your life right now? And then like, how are you mixing generosity into it? That's your why, right? That's the purpose. And it's like, cool, man. I, you know, I want to learn more so I can help people more like period. Okay, cool. And you know, like when you kind of do that, you give yourself a goal or a purpose outside of yourself. And that's really good because if I'm thinking about everything means to me, that really takes me out of the present moment. And the only place I find flow is in the present moment. 
I can't find it if I'm stuck in the past thinking about what's already happened. Like, yeah, I need to learn from the past, right? I reflect and get experience from the experience, but then come back to the present moment. Because if we stay there, we get guilt and depression. And I know one of your like top strengths is context, which is awesome because that's really rare. Like it's like statistically the least likely along with command to see up there, which you also have. Um, so you're a unicorn, but we all knew that, right? Um, <laughs> which context is awesome because you guys are so good at, you know, just building meaning in the moment, right? And that's great. As long as I don't say stuck in the past or like me, I have futuristic really high on strength finders. And so casting a vision of what could be is really like natural and second nature. But if I stay stuck in the future, it creates anxiety because like I can't do anything about tomorrow. Like today I can be more prepared, but it's so important. Just, just learn to let go and allowing like that's, that's the solution to pretty much everything that ails us because at least according to the Buddha, right? All suffering comes from wanting things to be different than they actually are. And it's like this argument with the present moment. And that's like that, you know, time tripping. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you should, uh, uh, no kidding. I was just reading a list of quotes that I had, uh, I had posted on January 1st this year. Uh, I posted several quotes and um, there was a couple that I didn't, uh, published, but one of the ones uh, that I had on that list was um, what you just said uh, by the Buddha, you know, uh, all suffering stems from, you know, wanting things to be different than what they are right now. And um, I mean, how true is that? Like, good God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, because I mean, think about anytime you've been unhappy, it's because you didn't have something you think you wanted or maybe you did Thank have you. something you think you didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, when, when you're examining your life and what you're most passionate about, well, what is it that you're most passionate about? Man, that's a great question. Um, you know, and I feel like if you can't explain something simply, then you don't understand. And so let's see how simple I can make this. You know, I'm really passionate about finding the love. And what I mean by that, um, one of my clients, uh, shout out Josh. Josh is an awesome CEO I get to work with. And I work with like his awesome team. He's got all these great leaders around him. And he's like, before we started working together, like years, years ago, so ago, He's like, man, if you come in talking all this love stuff, they're not going to get it. I was like, dude, who doesn't want more love in their life? What are you talking about? You know, like, but we're men and we don't talk about that. Right. No, but what I mean, like every, I feel like every action we've ever taken, if you kind of reverse engineer it all the way to the essence or the core, it's either fear or love that's kind of driving it. You know, fear can wear all those hats like anger, guilt, shame, remorse, apathy, pride, whatever. But, you know, love is love unconditional love you know not romantic love necessarily and it's like where's the love at you know if somebody's showing up sideways you know some other let's say driver right like waves at you with that one finger that nobody likes to be waved at with and you get all sideways about it like you're you're finding the fear but you're not finding the love it's like you know what like if i truly love myself how would i allow myself to react to this i wouldn't react i would create you know what and i don't ever want to create you know more pain more fear and i'd love to say that you know like every time i've been in a situation like that i showed up as you know pure love as i wanted to but i didn't but you know what like i can do better and it's through awareness because i feel like awareness and ego are incompatible because egos in unawareness right it's an unaware behavior and like as long as i'm aware i'm headed in the right direction and so i was like you know where's the love at and when it comes to strength finders, man, this is such a great tool because it's like our natural superpowers. And we own that power when we create from love and we give away that power when we react from fear. And it, it's so simple, but that doesn't always mean easy, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, and I want to actually mention that to to the listeners. If you ha have never heard of Gallup Strength Finders, um, Kevin introduced that to me. You can go on their website, do their evaluation. It's like 50 bucks to get the really good one. And uh, it gives you all of these insights, but there's uh, 34 strengths that we all have. And it's 
uh, in what order or what level they are for us. And, you know, the, the idea is that you figure out your top five strengths and you work on making them even better. And then you start working on your top 10 and making them even better and, and so on and so forth. And I'm sure if you've listened to this show uh, enough, you'll have heard so many experts and high performers stress the importance of having a coach. And that's where, you know, Kevin comes in helping me understand my strengths and how to make them better. And, and really the, the team atmosphere in the mastermind is freaking phenomenal. You know, the, the group that you've put together, I, I mean, I, I just am so grateful to you and, and the people in, in that mastermind, um, you know, I, I can't speak highly enough of everybody and, and, uh, you know, how much I've learned from everybody in there. It's freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Well, like attracts like, you know, it's like like-minded people on like-minded jer- journeys. And so, I mean, you fit right in. Everybody there are just such different, brilliant examples of servant leaders. And it's really, really cool. And, you know, just for confusion's sake to cl- Strength Finders is created by Gallup and they rebranded it like two years ago, it's now called Clifton Strengths Assessment. So if you Google that, like that's how you'll get there to the assessment. Like that's confusing, but it's still the same assessment. They've given it like 33 million times. And it's not like a, like Myers-Briggs is more of a complete portrait of your character. This is like, hey, here's your natural talents. And like Dave said, there's always the same 34, just a different order. And that's not rare. Talent's not rare, but like, you know, with, with regards to owning your superpowers or owning your genius, it's got so much more to do with habits, you know, it's getting into the habit of being your version of, you know, elite. And that's choosing fear over love as a habit. Mm-hmm. And what's rare is people who have developed these into strengths, you know, or superpowers they can use on demand. And it's not a one-time event, you know, like I've worked with thousands of people with this tool and, you know, I've been certified for like, gosh, I don't know, years from Gallup. And I still learn more every single time I go back to it because it looks different in everybody. There's like a one in, 20 something million chance you'd have the same top five in the same order as another person. And even if you did, you'd have the next six or 10 are going to be different. And so we all know that we're different, but this is such a granular look at it. And it's such a great tool when you're working with other people, because it's basically a cheat sheet into the way that people see the world. Like with, like with Dave, you know, Dave's number one strength is activator and activator is really high for me too. And people with activator, it's like ready, fire, aim. We don't need a lot of information to get started. We're just going to jump off the cliff. We'll build our wings on the way down. Like Johnny Carson said, right. And it's not that we don't need instruction. We just think better when we're in action. And you know, my brother that makes his head explode. He's like, Whoa, pump the brakes. Cause deliberative is his number one strength. And that means like, I don't make mistakes because I assess every risk before I take action. But because of that, he's phenomenal executing when he starts. And you know, we're, we're, it's just so nice to give yourself permission to be you with this assessment, you know, like instead of looking at other people and feeling bad about what you can't do, it's really, you know, just celebrating you. And when you first found the, the strengths assessment, the, the strength finders and started working with somebody on, on learning more about you and your strengths how did that shape your daily routine? And if you were to look back on how you were and how you are now, how, how has that knowledge helped you develop a better daily routine and, and develop your goals to, to achieve more? Yeah, well, that's, that's a great question. You know, I think what I did is what a lot of people do when they first take it, they're like, get it and look at the report and like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't say you're the most amazing person in the world or something like that. Just <laughs> throw it on the shelf. Right. And uh, my coach at the time was like, Hey man, like if this is like, you know, a cheat sheet more or less to your greatest gifts, don't you think we should at least maybe study it a little bit? Like, yeah, I guess. And, you know, I got off the shelf and blew the dust off and I uh, just started really understanding what I was and what more importantly, that I wasn't supposed to be these things that I wasn't good at and that I felt bad about that I wasn't good at, like being super uh, patient and methodical about things. I, you know, I think better, like, a, you know, just talked about when I'm moving and like that, it doesn't, it's not better or worse. It's just my style. And 
I used to, I think one of the biggest things that helped me improve my number two strength on the assessment is positivity. And when I took this, I worked in financial services and, uh, and everybody's not like all, you know, super excited about life. Like somebody with positivity necessarily, it's not like doom and gloom by any means, but I just felt like I wasn't like everybody else. And so I would turn down positivity so I could be more like everybody else. Like, cause I was comparing myself to other people, which is super dangerous because we feel inferior or superior. Right. And then I took this and I realized how much of a strength positivity really is. You know, it doesn't mean I'm, you know, sliding down a rainbow on the way to work at the unicorn ranch every day. Right. Like I'm petting a puppy, but, uh, it means, it means I have the ability to find the good in things. I have the energy to get things started, to keep them going. And, you know, preaching to the choir, Dave has positivity at number seven. And it's just a, a very insatiable desire to find what's working and how we can step into that more. And, and more importantly, maybe to help other people do the same, because it takes a lot of energy to break inertia or to keep going in the plateaus. And people with positivity are phenomenal at that. There's another question that I, I've had for a while, and I don't know why I haven't asked you before now, but what led you to start recording your podcast? You know, I, I really wanted to get better at saying what I was trying to say. And uh, I know like, you know, we always get better with every iteration of whatever we're doing pretty generally. Right. But, you know, especially as a maximizer, I was really looking for a container where I could create uh, a really conducive environment for deliberate practice, because that's how, you know, we really, without getting too technical, you know, grow the, grow the interior parts of, you know, our, our brain, our body, our, our habits or whatever is by setting up uh, a place where you can grow and you can learn, you can get, you know, feedback of some sort. And I knew that if I was putting this thing out to the world that I would, you know, I'm not going to just mail it in. Like I'm going to work hard at, showing up and also really wanted to connect with more people. Like I'm an extrovert, but I feel like I have introvert tendencies. Like I really like being alone too, you know, like some, I feel like I'm an HSP, which is like highly sensitive person. And so like uh, big crowds, uh, you know, lots of light noise. Like it just drains me of energy pretty quick. And like, I love people, but also love to, you know, just be solo. And so left alone. Um, one of my friends one time, he's like, dude, you gotta be careful. You're going to be like a recluse if you're not careful. And after I got done, like looking up the word to see what it meant. Right. <laughs> I was like, well, what's wrong with living in a cave alone? That sounds awesome. <laughs> and so I, I just think it's so important to really intentionally seek out connection. And that was a big driver. I wanted to connect with other people because I wanted to learn from them. And I just wanted to, you know, share humanity and, you know, like, you know, meet people like you and, I think it's so phenomenal that we have this ability and, you know, and hopefully it helps somebody, you know, that's out there that's hearing what needs to be heard. And I know I've got one big fan, shout out to my mom. Thanks for listening, mom. Love you. She's always like, <laughs> and uh, I like your podcast. I know what you're talking about most of the time. And I was just like, man, you're so cool. Mom, moms are the best, you know, wouldn't be here without you. <laughs> <laughs> what would you attribute the success of your show too? Man, I think just continually showing up and the great folks that I've been lucky enough to have come through, you know, it's co-creation. And the first time I did it was definitely the worst, right? Like, you know, first is usually the worst. Like the first time we rode a bike, we probably crashed. And I mean, it wasn't a total train wreck, but you know, if I went back and listened now, probably like nails on a chalkboard a little bit, but, uh, you know, I really, I really look to people who are doing well and to see what they're doing that, you know, I could be doing based on my gifts, but also at the same time, still really working to create from my uniqueness. And I think probably the biggest thing that we could all do in anything you're doing is to detach from the outcome, right? Like not needing myself to be a certain way to be okay. Not needing a certain amount of downloads to be okay. And, you know, it, it takes it takes courage to create period. I mean, whether you're drawing a picture, writing a letter, creating a podcast, like, cause you're stepping out in the unknown, but every time you do that, you prove to yourself that you're creative and creativity is an action and like creativity is a choice. And so I think just continually showing up and, you know, just working to be better without expectation. For those listening that want to check out your podcast 
what would be a really good um, interview for them to get a taste of what what your show is all about? Yeah, uh, we'll go wherever you like to listen to podcasts. There's it's on places I've never even heard of actually, um, all kinds of platforms, but definitely Spotify and Apple Podcast and like ten others I think. And I would search the one with uh, Dave Hollenbach. Uh, because it was a pretty favorite episode of mine. Um, you know, really, I just read through the titles because I don't usually put the inner, uh, a lot of them are interviews. I have some solos on there, but just go through the titles and see if any of them stand out to you. Dave's was amazing. Uh, there's a great one. I interviewed somebody. Uh, she's gosh, done just humanitarian work all over the world and you know, recently, and it was about choosing love over fear. And I really, really just liked you know, hearing such a completely different background and experience and the, the humility coming through, but just so many great people that I've gotten to meet. Um, I released one, I think it came out today. There's a solo episode on limiting beliefs. I mean, start with that because, you know, like we all have beliefs. They're either, you know, serving us or sabotaging us. And when you learn to identify the things that are holding you back, that's how you begin to move through it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's like pick a favorite kid. Um, yeah, so thanks for uh, highlighting that. I really appreciate it. I've just been really blessed to have some great people like you come through. I've I've been working on my show for a while now, and I am just teetering on the cusp of going from the top 10% into the top five. And I know I had the score to be in the top 5%, but so, I don't know what happened. It, it like went back. <laughs> <laughs> and and i'm like i'm like dang man i was right there uh you know it'll come it's just uh it's just a matter of time and and uh, you know getting people like you uh actually i really have no idea what the formula is i know that uh what i've been doing has been helping some people and you know that's good enough for me i don't need to be in the top five percent I I do like the idea of um, I, I always want to achieve more. And so that's what I'm chasing. I don't know what I got to do different, but, uh, you know, it, as as I look at my first interviews to now, the the quality is so much better. I, I feel I, I you know, it, it takes that level of comfort in your own skin and being able to connect with the person on the other side and um you know being able to talk with with people like you is freaking awesome like to really have that genuine interest in what the other person has to say is so cool so um yeah. well shout out to you by the way like i don't really study my stats a whole lot but i go back and look just to see like if there's any patterns that i can learn from and Yours is one of the most downloaded over the past year. So people have been all over it. Um, so whatever you're doing is working, you know, it's uh, I have no idea how the algorithm works. Like, because sometimes like, it's like, all right, where are all these people come from? And I was like, where do they all go? <laughs> somebody, <laughs> just, somebody shut the door, like yeah. open the door back up. You know, so who knows, but, and they, they really liked what, it, what, uh, what you did. So thanks for that. That's cool. Yeah, I. That's interesting. Um, well, they have good taste. We know that much, right? So. <laughs> um, well, before we go, uh, I mean, we touched on a lot of different things, and I, I'm wondering: is there anything that we didn't touch on that you feel is important for us to talk about before we go? Man, I think it was really great. Um, if you guys had checked out Dave's book, Fireproof, we could have touched on that, man. That's a pretty phenomenal book. And I think uh, I just think what you're doing is great. I love how you serve. And I'm grateful that I get to work with people like you. So I think you do a really good job of um, being kind as opposed to trying to be right. And I think we could all just, but the more we're kind as opposed to right, the better it is for everybody. Whether we're like being kind to ourselves, being kind to other people. But man, you know, the kind people in my lives are the ones that I can't get enough of. And, you know, it's like the people who are right all the time. It's like, I already think I've had enough, <laughs> but you know, we, we love you all, but you know, just kind more than right. And you know, I think it's a really good way to move through life. So thanks for being you, man. Awesome. Man. 
Thank you so much. And and for those listening, the the best place to connect with you, I would imagine your your podcast or your uh, your website, kevinkeppel.us. That- yeah, that's a great place, man. Any social media you like to go on, uh, like Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever. I'm happy to uh, answer any questions or you know, it's like new friends. So hopefully, uh, hopefully something that we shared was helpful today for you guys. Yeah, definitely check out Kevin's website because not only do you have uh, your your podcast on there, you can check out his podcast on his website. But you've got all your links to your social media there. You can book a call with you. Um, definitely, if you're in the market for an amazing coach, um, you know, check out him. And you know, once I'm uh, doing a little better from learning from Kevin, you can uh, check me out too. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'd be all over Dave if I was you guys. Man, he's a powerful guy, and uh, he's just got a great heart and a big brain. So good, uh, good, I, yeah. I, no, really. Like, I feel like we're doing the self-licking uh, ice cream cone right now, but uh, <laughs> no, man, like I, I have learned so much from being in your group and I, I can't endorse you enough. Uh, people that want to achieve more should definitely check out uh, your website and and know that you downplay a lot of your abilities. So the people that you've worked with, I, I mean, I, I'm just fortunate enough to uh, have connected with you when I did. And thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm better, better for it. So grateful for you too. All right, brother. Well, thanks a lot, man. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review.